When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Um, of course, over the weekend, we lost forever announcer for the Colorado Avalanche, Peter McNabb. Uh, now that Jesse is back in town, we figured we'd all get together and reminisce and feel good about the life that he had. Um. So, yeah, it's obviously extremely sad that he's no longer with us, but also a lot of good memories around Peter McNabb's time with the Avalanche. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, just the, the quick little video the Avs put out. Uh, I mean, pretty much same day, you know, just a couple hours after, and uh, Kyle Keefe was narrating the video, and I thought the way he ended it was, great you know the the saying don't cry because it's over smile because it happened and he said i think we're going to do a lot of both uh when when it comes to talking about peter McNabb, and um yeah i think i think that's definitely the case rudo i think you you said it right like it's you want to celebrate the 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 stuff that he did uh and what he was a part of but i mean i'm i'm still genuinely in 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 shock over all of it and um, you know, we were sitting in a hotel room in Finland and I was just kind of casually scrolling my phone and I, I, I scared the, the other people that were there with me. Cause I, I, I just so, you know, reactionary to, to what I saw, I, I'm, I'm still like trying to just process that, that, you know, what, what actually happened. And I don't want to make this sound like I like, you know, was going over to Peter McNabb's house every night and, and all that stuff. But I mean, what 20 sheesh what 20 something years i mean he he was he was in everyone's house yeah half the year you know every other night um yeah i i just i i seriously can't believe it still yep it's uh it's definitely tough um you know those things always come sort of as a surprise i mean obviously we knew he was dealing with cancer but nonetheless seeing him on television the week before uh i think everyone was a little bit caught off guard by it and obviously number one i hope the family is doing okay hope everyone is sending them good vibes and you know helping them out as much as possible because that's what really matters um but yeah, as far as Peter goes, like genuinely has never been a time where the apps have not been broadcast by that dude. So yeah. he's always been part of the community, always been a great dude. Um, you know, I didn't know him as well as some of you guys did for sure, but every time I've ever ever interacted with him, he's been extremely friendly. He's one of the one of the good people for sure. 
Yeah, I think it's been really reflected the the legacy that he leaves behind uh, in the the outpouring, or not just from Avalanche fans, not just from you know people here in Colorado, but around the league. You know, you're talking about. I've watched three or four different games in which they openly had conversations about him and we're talking about you know what a great guy he was and and you know that big laugh that he had <laughs> and the way that he just kind of brought joy to the rink with him every day and his his passion not only for the game but for the people in it and how he just wanted the best for everybody and he wanted the game to be as good as possible you know there i have <laughs> i have so many interesting peter McNabb memories where mm-hmm. uh getting into getting into the media world when i did the one person the one person that i learned the most about and uh came to appreciate the most uh, between just listening to him on tv and then spending time with him in person was definitely Peter McNabb because he, you know, there. I know that back in the day there were times that he would he could frustrate during broadcasts because he always had such <laughs> great stories to tell, and he'd be telling stories while game like like while the game was going on, and then you spend time with him in person and you realize he just tells stories, like he was just a great storyteller and he had so many of them, uh, and he was just. He just wanted to share that passion for the game with everybody around him. And he was, I, I don't know, it's its all—it's only good. Um, I, I, I couldn't think of a... There, I, I, there isn't a single negative thing that I can associate with Peter McNabb. <clears throat> he was just, he was just the kindest person and, and the most genuine. And you just, you always felt like when he was giving you attention that your time was being respected, that he was actually locked in on what you were talking about. And, you know, in in a world where like that's really hit or miss when we have conversations with people, um, you can, you never really know, you know, they're checking their phone they're doing something else or whatever. It feels like we're all multitasking all the time. But when you sat and had a conversation with Peter McNabb, he was focused on you. And that was, uh, it was, it was easy to get lost in conversation with that guy. Well, I think it's so, it's, it's an interesting, cause you know, a lot of the conversation that I've seen, uh, you know, is, is a lot of people talking about that he's been here from the beginning and, uh, you know, there was someone in the chat. I've seen this phrase used a few times. You can't tell the story of the avalanche without talking about Peter McNabb. And, and it is an interesting testament to his character that in their 20 what is it now 27 year history uh of the of the avalanche they've they've had three uh different play-by-play announcers and it's not that any of them were bad people or anything like that but there were just at different points in, in in the team's history the broadcast history uh they felt like they needed fresh voices and hey we need a you know we need a new look a new sound something else but there was a consistent there with peter McNabb. that was something that nobody ever felt 
needed to be changed, wanted to be changed, um, that, that no matter what different personalities were up there with him, uh, that was the one person that fans, you know, uh, producers, people behind the scenes actually doing the broadcast. And then to the point that you made, AJ, about just some of this outpouring that you've seen outside of Colorado, um, you know, other broadcasters, everyone wanted, no, nobody wanted to see Peter McNabb leave that booth. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny. I'm not going to reiterate too much of what you just said there, AJ, but this industry is so funny because you meet a lot of people who have been in it for a long time. Um, I mean, it's why wouldn't you want to be right? It's a, it's a great industry. We're very lucky to be able to, you know, be in this situation where we need to be around hockey and, and these athletes and things like that every single day. But what I've learned is that there's a lot of people who this industry can kind of make them jaded. And after doing it for a long time, they really kind of take it for granted, you know, being there every day and, and how lucky we are to actually do this. And, and again, AJ, like you said, you get into conversations with them and sound like they're bad people or whatever, but they're like, yeah, 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 I've been around the rink a lot, you know, whatever. We're, we're, I'm kind of half doing this. I'm half talking to you, half doing that. Um, and that was one of the first things that I remember really learning about Peter McNabb when I got into this uh, industry is how much he actually cares. And he didn't tell those stories in the booth. He didn't continue doing the job. He didn't go to practice every single day because he had to. Um, and it was just the paycheck. He did it all because he genuinely wanted to. And beyond the want, he genuinely cared about the people, not only on the ice, on the team, but everything that went on around with that. And so my first season uh, where I was going to practice as, as a member of the media was the, the 16, 17 season, the, the 48 point year. And yeah, tough, tough, <laughs> tough year to, to be around uh, the team. And again, AJ, like, like you said, people there were, they would at times get frustrated with him on the broadcast. Cause he'd tell these great stories, even during that season where he'd be putting such a positive spin on things during these games when everyone just kind of felt bad about most things that were going on. And what I remember learning so quickly is he, he never, he would never throw any of those guys under the bus, but he had very real feelings about what was happening with the team and, and behind the scenes and, and what the players were doing. And it was all from a place of like, he cared so much. He wanted to see them do well so badly. And, and the, some of the first conversations I had with him, at practice, you know, very critical of what was happening on the ice. And, you know, pointing to guys like, look at this, look at him coasting there. You're in practice. You've lost five games in a row and you can't get out. And I just remember sitting there realizing like, oh man, he, he's really dialed into this and he really understands what's happening, but he's such a good <laughs> dude that he's not going to bury any of these guys on, on the broadcast. And I just remember again, not that I, you know, sat there and had these, hour long conversation with him every day, but I tried really hard to listen to him and just sit near him and, and pick his brain when I could um, because he had so much knowledge and so much love and passion for what was happening that again, just to kind of reiterate it, 
he didn't do this job for 20 plus years because he felt like he needed to, or he had to, and it was a burden to him. He did it because he loved it and he loved the, the, the players and, you know, he loved the, the management and the coaches and um, such a smart guy that it, it was just, it was just a pleasure to be around him, even if you weren't directly involved in the conversation with him. And again, just a testament to all that AJ, you called me yesterday and we talked just very briefly about some of this and, you know, I told you I, I I was in Europe for 13 days, I think all told. So two weeks ago today I left. And the day before I left, Peter McNabb was at practice. You know, with, with notebook in hand and talking, you know, talking to, to everyone there and you know analyzing what's happening on the rink and and you know, come to find out. Do you have his briefcase? He, uh, I, I don't, I, I think he, I'm sure he did. I mean, he had it every other time I saw him, um, you know, and his, and his, his white new balances untied. Um, and you know, it's, it's just, I think that's part of the reason why this was so shocking was I saw him two weeks ago and he was in as good a spirits as he's ever been, you know, as, as he always was. And, you know, you come to find out that maybe he kind of knew a lot of this was going on behind the scenes. And, you know, he, he spent his, his final days being as involved as he possibly could. And if that's not the ultimate, you know, you know, testimony, I guess maybe is the right word of, of who he was and just how much he cared uh, and, and loved this community. Um, I don't, I don't know what else is. Um, and, and avalanche hockey, just, it, it, it won't be the same uh, ever. And and that was going to be true, whether it be him retiring and, you know, however many years or, or, you know, this being the, the horribly unfortunate outcome. Um, when when Peter McNabb left, it was it was never going to be the same, and and it's uh, it's too soon that that things have uh, changed like this. And uh, I'm just I'm very grateful that I got to have um, any level of conversation interaction with him, let alone um, the amount that we were very lucky um, to have being in the position that we are. And um, it's it's going to be really weird, and it's going to be a long adjustment period to get used to just not seeing him around practice won't be anywhere near the same because um didn't matter if the team was good or bad peter was one of the only guys that showed up to practice to actually watch practice yep um because at the media in the, among the media um people either would not come to practice like they you know outlets were not regularly there or the ones that were there would show up and they would see who's on the ice that day, tweet out the lines or whatever, and then stop. Like that was their, they were done. It was now time to socialize. It was time to do whatever. And Peter was just the guy that would just, he was there to watch practice and he would talk mm -hmm. about what was going on. And um, 
just be actively involved in it. And that was, you know, for me, my first couple of years on the beat, that was a godsend for me because Mm -hmm. the team was so bad that most media outlets in Denver weren't bothering to come. It was us. It was Mile High Sports when JJ was there. Uh, It was Denver Post, you know, with, with Chambers or Terry Fry and then Dater. Uh, off and on, depending on where he was working at the time. Um, but it was like, that was that was about it. It was like it was like four of us. And then occasionally, like, Rycroft and uh, Kyle Keefe and uh, Mosher, you know, the Altitude guys, were, were also pretty regular faces there. But every day, Peter McNabb, always. No doubt about it. Briefcase with his notebook, and he would go and sit and chat with players and he was just he was just the kindest and and most polite guy uh and like did not have to give me the time of day you know i it was a the, the media room has changed a lot now uh but when i was first in there it was a lot tougher go uh for me to be accepted and respected and all that and he was really the first person that was just like oh you want to talk about hockey great let's talk about hockey and we would just sit and chat about the game. You know, we would watch practice together and talk about players. And I remember um, there's actually a comment that got made in chat. Uh, Yaya, can you put a Wolf's comment up on the screen? That's the one. Um, because this is very correct. I remember as an anal- as being an analytics person, getting into the game and coming into media, um, I asked him like early on um, when I was there, I, I had asked him what he thought about analytics and he thought about how the game was changing. And he said, look, uh, to be honest, I don't understand all of them. Um, I don't, you know. This is this is like five years ago when before analytics became like the basis of so many things. Uh, it was still very much in its infancy. He said, "I don't understand all of them, but it's not my game anymore. It's it's your game. It's your generation's game. It's how how it gets evaluated, how it gets viewed, how it gets played. Is it's it's a young you know it's it's your guys's generation now. It's your game." that we have passed on from what we had, you know, what, what was valued when I was playing is not the same thing that's valued today across players. And he said, I'm not here to say one is better than the other. They're just different. And I would go on to learn that that is not a common viewpoint Mm -hmm. uh, that a lot of the guys that played when he played and are running teams these days um, don't, don't necessarily feel that way. Uh, about uh, the the game changing and every you know he, d- he d- did not agree with the well it's your game now mentality it was very much you know the gatekeeping is a very natural thing well back in my day we did it this way and we did it that you know and it becomes almost kind of like a bitter thing and with peter it was never that way he was just well the game was just different when i played i mean i think one of the the things that is such an indicator of how humble he was is every single time 
I would have a conversation about Peter with someone else. Someone would come out of the word work and they didn't even realize he played hockey or they didn't even realize how good of a player he was because he, I genuinely never heard himself call himself a good hockey player. And this is a guy who scored 800 points in the NHL, had half a dozen point per game seasons with the Bruins, played for Buffalo, Vancouver, and New Jersey as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Genuinely a hall of very good hockey player. And he called himself a bum all the time. Yeah. yeah. So I actually had a conversation with him about the first year that he broke into the NHL as like a full-time NHLer. And uh, it was right when the Caps had become an expansion team. And he told me that this is a, keep in mind what Ruto just said. This guy scored 800 points in the NHL. And he told me that, he owed his entire NHL career to the Caps goalies early on when they were winning nine games a year and was like, those guys, those guys were terrible. Right. And he didn't say that. He just said, I owed my career to those guys because it tricked my coach into thinking I was a goal scorer. (laughs) And he said that his coach at the time came up to him and said, McNabb, you're making the team. I need you to keep scoring goals. Otherwise you won't stay here. And he started laughing and he said, he was like, I, I, I wasn't a goal scorer. What was this guy thinking? <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, Peter, like you scored like 400 goals in your career. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? You're not a goal scorer. Like, come on, man. And he was telling me all about like that first year. He was just like, look, if I didn't get to play against those guys in the preseason, I wouldn't have made the team. If I didn't get to play against them in the regular season, my numbers wouldn't have looked nearly as good. Like they, they I he he insisted that he he owed his career to that, and refused to refused to admit that he could score some goals in his day. Refused. And you go and you look at his career, and you're like, you had 800 points in 900 games. You had a better career than 90% of the guys that are going to come through this organization that you've seen. Like mm-hmm. he was just, he was just that humble about it and always talked about himself. Like he was just a bum of a player and no nonsense. It was all <laughs> nonsense. <clears throat> well, the, my, my last, the thing that I just kind of want to retouch on is because I think this is something that, just goes with the overall theme of the the kindness and just the genuine good person that he was. Mm. Um, and, and it's it's what you've seen a bunch of people talk about on online, and, and you know we've told a couple of stories here. Is that AJ? I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, and I just wanted to go back to it when you said that when you were talking to him. He was talking to you. He had nothing else going on. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he didn't sit at practice and tweet and, you know, all kinds of stuff, whatever. He was there to watch and he was there to, to, to talk to people about what he was watching. And it was always so funny because every now and then you'd see some fans go up to him, not realize what a talker he is, uh, to go just say, Oh, you know, we love you on the broadcast. And they'd end up in a 15, 20 minute conversation with him. Um, because he just loved people and, and loved people that loved the same thing that he did, which was hockey. And, um, 
yeah, it's just, I think that's what made him such an amazing broadcaster and, and why everybody wanted to listen to him every single night. And going back to what I said a minute ago of they made three different changes now in their play-by-play guy and it had nothing to do with them being bad play-by-play announcers or bad people or anything, but yeah, there were multiple times where, where, and this happens in every company, every business where it's like, Hey, we, we need fresh voices. We need to speak someone new, but um, there was always one consistent and it was Peter McNabb. And, and I think people shouldn't look at that as some type of coincidence um, that has everything to do with who he was and what he meant to um, this organization. And I'll take it a step further and say that the, the city and state and the game of hockey um, just in, in, in general on, on the larger scope and um you know, we're, 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 we'll all be poorer for our, you know, our experience, not hearing him going forward. And that's, um, that's the part that just tears you up, but, uh, I'll forever be grateful that I, you know, I grew up on, on Peter McNabb and, you know, calls. And I think my, one of my favorite, when I, when I think about him and his in-game, you know, president stuff, the, the one that just sticks out to me in my head, uh, is, the the Patrick Waugh first year as a coach um, with that crazy game one comeback and overtime win uh, against the wild. AJ, you mentioned the big laugh earlier. Everyone should go back at some point and watch that, that Paul Stasny overtime goal. Uh, Mike Haynes is, is calling the goal and Peter McNabb's just laughing over top of it the whole time because he couldn't believe what he just saw. And he, he, when it goes to the replay, he, before he gets into anything, he says, this is one of those games that in 10 years, you just had to be there. And you could just hear the elation in his voice. And that's just one that will always, always stick out to me when I think of Peter McNabb. And like you said, that big bear laugh of his, um, watching that, that abs team celebrate, um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a change for sure. Not uh, not only not hearing him, um, but not seeing him around the rink. And um, I hope I hope his family can is seeing this outpouring yeah. uh, of love that people have and and can take a little bit of um, solace in that man was he loved by by the hockey community and and this Avalanche community um in particular and it's uh it's not going to be the same without him he has ties all over the hockey world announced for the devils for a little while before he came to colorado played at du um megan i I know you haven't gotten any word in yet so i wanted to open the floor to you if you had anything to say i i appreciate that i've been trying to collect my thoughts to say this exactly how i want to because You've all touched on it a lot too, but he was such a steward for the game of hockey as a whole because of his love for it and the impact that that's going to have on the culture of hockey is something that I don't want to be understated because we do talk a lot about the culture and there's something that I really want to point out about Peter that stood out to me and it's it's hard to articulate this well, but when you are a woman in this industry, you just pick up on 
people who validate you being in this space immediately, effortlessly, unconsciously do this. They just treat you as an equal and a colleague from the jump. And I think this is something that Peter has done well throughout all of his career. It's motivated by this passion for hockey and wanting this sport to grow and be accessible to even more people. And so he embraces everybody who wants to love hockey just as hard as he loves hockey. And I'm really heartbroken that my first year in this industry was his last because you could just feel that. And it's really important to have people like Peter yeah. in the sport. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, I think it's how we all feel. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Like me, you know, it had a really big impact just sharing a bench with him in family sports as he furiously jotted down notes in practice. There's a smile on his face and not a look of confusion like, what is this woman doing here? And that meant a lot to me. There was a, I just saw a comment that came through the the chat that, that said, and this is something I genuinely believe, um, not even just the hockey world, just the world needs more people like the kind of person Peter McNabb was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm someone who I always try to assume um, that, that people are well-intentioned, you know, especially with the internet now you meet a lot of people that you disagree with or that go about things in a different way than you would, whatever it is. And a lot of times, you know, you, you sit there and, ah, this person means well, but it comes off really, you know, really rough or, you know, kind of abrasive, whatever. Um, it was never in question if Peter McNabb was well-intentioned or not. Um, you know, Megan, and I think you just summarized it really well. He, not only was he such an amazingly great person, but he treated everyone else as if they were good people, except for the one guy in the stands uh, from Boston. Um, even that guy, even that guy. He, he if you go he back and watch that video, like tires off him, and he did. Well, like he's like holding him down, right? But like he's not like wailing away on him. Mm-hmm. And it was it was Mike Milbury that took his shoe off and beat him with it. <laughs> But it was like McNabb was like defending his teammate, and even yeah. that guy, he like got on top of him and like held him down, and then he was like, "All right, I think we're good." Like I made yeah. my point, and then but you know just... Mike Milbury turned it into an all-time great moment. But yeah, he's like, "I'll help." Even that point, guy, man. he was nice too. And, and it was just you never had to question: is is Peter McNabb? You know, does he have good intentions? Is he looking for the best in people? And he he treated everyone. <clears throat> everyone fans members of the media to your point megan new members of the media my, my favorite part of this is all of us have a story that starts with my first year covering the team um yeah. <laughs> and and how peter mcnab like you he talked to you like you'd been around for just as long as he had yep. um and and i think uh, i mean honestly uh, we, we we could have stopped and started right there because i think that encapul- encapsulates everything about who Peter McNabb was didn't matter if it was your first year around the team or 20th year. Um, he wanted to talk to you cause he, he knew that you had the same passion that he did. He genuinely in a, in a sport of hockey where let's be honest, it's unfortunately a quite gatekeepy sport. There are a lot of fans who believe they're 
the hockey is theirs and you have to reach a certain status to become part of the community. Peter McNabb wanted everybody to be a hockey fan. Yeah. Didn't matter who you rooted for. Didn't matter who you were. He wanted you to be part of the community. Uh, I, I think that shows a lot when the NHL does their hockey is for everyone things. Uh, there's plenty of stuff that the NHL does. And, and I, I believe a lot of those guys truly believe in that stuff, but there aren't very many people going out on the broadcast and talking for multiple minutes about how they want everyone to become a part of this community and how much support McNabb has for that. Um, so yeah. he really was a champion of the sport as a whole. If you yeah. take anything away and this, this may be kind of like the last until someone else says something and it springs a thought, um, you know, kind of my last, last thing on, on, on this for right now is, if you take anything away from, from Peter McNabb is treat people the way Peter McNabb treated everyone. Uh, and, and you'll be on, you'll be on a pretty good path in life. Even, even the guy he was tackling in the stands, even <laughs> the guy he was tackling in the stands. I, I will say that in a, you know, we, in what we do, we spend time around what you would consider like celebrity, like famous people. And they say like, not to meet your heroes. I think what, part of what made Peter a hero in his own right was that he lived up to the billing. Yeah. That yeah. that was not that was not a man that you met and thought I really wish I hadn't met that person. Like <laughs> I will I will never be able to see that person in a in that kind of in the in, you know in the same light that I did before because there are some people in the hockey world that I feel that way about and damn you Megan uh, <laughs> to do this uh, Peter Peter was one of the is one of the people that when I think about my time in this industry and I think about being a, around the game and the people that I've met he's one of the ones that I'm most thankful that I've got I got to spend time with and hearing about Ray Bork crushing a sushi bar and what, like how the, how the devils helped Scott Niedermeyer develop as a prospect and, you know, the, the bust that became Pat Falloon and, and like the, just, just the different stories that he, that I, I got, I, I got to be lucky enough to hear over the years and um, talking to him at the draft when they drafted Kale McCarr and him being like, I think they got a special guy here and being like, <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, and just all the time spent with him. Um, I'm very thankful that. He, um, he told so many yeah. stories. He spent so much time as a storyteller that I don't think people, not everybody fully appreciated to what AJ was kind of alluding to there. What a smart hockey guy Peter yep. McNabb was. And just at what level he understood the game in general and what was happening right in front of him um, that, like I said, he, 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 he was so great with, you know, the words and the stories and he always had something funny and interesting to say that uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if people I, quite understood. The thing is, and he's a great storyteller, perfect color commentator in that way, but he was also an announcer that absolutely understood the moment. Yeah. yeah. Playoff overtime. That dude wasn't telling any stories. 
he was locked in on the ice and and everyone shared the cadre call uh on on twitter yeah. over the last couple of days there were four people in that building that knew that puck was in the net bone byram those two fans and peter <laughs> McNabb. <laughs> yeah those two fans and it, it it really when you pay close attention you really start to understand how much of the game Peter McNabb saw because he really, he really was that guy played it, broadcast it, understood it on an incredibly deep level to a point that I'm not even sure I fully understand. Yeah. Um, nah, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to basically repeat a bunch of stuff Rudo just said, but <laughs> Well, and then my favorite part, like you said, Rude, about him understanding the moment. My favorite Peter McNabb stuff was when you just hear him kind of like marveling at, at what was happening. And usually it was, you know, like um, the emotions of the players and, and stuff like that. But yeah, when he didn't have much to say and you could just kind of hear him taking it all in and appreciating it. Um, that was... Uh, Th- those were always the really special moments because, again, just taking it all the way back to, to one of the first things I said, you could just y- – you could feel how much he loved and cared about everything related to this team, organization, um, community, pick a word. Um, yeah. It meant everything to him. So. You know, <clears throat> one, of the, one of the things that he started doing later on in his career – that I really appreciated a lot um, was the appreciation of opposing team players and mm-hmm. not necessarily being so pro abs all the time that it was like, Sidney Crosby, that guy's a bum. But being <laughs> like, this guy is <laughs> like Sidney Crosby, right? Like he's, there were no words for him. And I know it got, I know it, it, it got on the nerves of some abs fans because like when things are not going well in the game and Peter McNabb <laughs> is like, How great is this guy? You're like, yeah. Shut up, Peter. Like, we don't want to <laughs> yes, hear we've it, seen man. Him score three times. We know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, we understand, bro. He's really good. But I loved I really did love that he he just loved the game so much that he was just like, Look, this guy's great. I know that he's torching the abs right now. <laughs> But let's also take some time to appreciate this guy is great. Yeah. And it was the thing he started doing in the last few years. And I really, I really did appreciate that because there are some really good hockey players around the league, not in Colorado. And he, his passion for the game and his passion for just good, just good hockey players just really came through when he was going on about you know, Jonathan Quick hasn't given up a goal against the Avalanche in seven years, and you're just like, yeah, okay, cool. The, the two players that I remember he loved to watch because of what you're talking about, AJ. There, there's it was, it was Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, and yeah. and I remember there'd be times where it'd be really funny because Patrick Kane would like he'd try something that that wouldn't work, and Peter McNabb would like. Every, you know exactly what you're saying, AJ. Whoa, my gosh! If that could have gotten through, 
And your knee jerk would be like, okay, well, it didn't work. So why are you marveling at it? And then you'd watch like a, a reverse angle replay of it. And you'd be like, holy smokes, that was an unbelievable play that <laughs> missed by this much. <laughs> and and he he would catch it in, in real time um, and, 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 you know, just kind of marvel at it. But those were two guys that I always remember – he he really appreciated like the fine pointed the, details of their game. The um, exasperated way when something like that would happen and he'd just go, Mosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Oh my god. Yeah. Won't be the same without him for sure. And um I mean there's nothing you can say. There's not enough that we can say uh about who he was and, and um, grateful, grateful that um, I, I got to be a part of it from the standpoint of, I grew up listening to him mm-hmm. every single night, uh, got to spend the last couple of years around him. Um, and so you know, you hear about stuff all the time, uh, you know, for us in sports of, you know, whether it be a player or a broadcaster or a coach or something, they're like, oh, wow, what are the all-time greats? So lucky to see them, you know, to, to have been around when they were in their heyday or whatever. And uh, I think Peter McNabb will will go down as one of the all-time great color commentators in the sport and I'm just very lucky that not only did I get to hear him, but for so long and get to know him a little bit, you know, to, to the level that I did. Um, just I'll, I'll be forever grateful of all that. Yep. It's going to be a tough job for whoever. Yeah. That role. Place. So I was talking about it the night it happened just I imagine that altitude probably goes the rest of the year just with kind of a cycle someone in and out. Um, and then probably next year is when they'll officially put someone there. But I, I mean, choose I'm, to fill? I'm assuming that Rycroft will just step into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We have a, a few super chat comments to get to. Uh oh, is Yaya slacking? He's crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Five dollars from Jacob, who said he literally was just calling a game not that long ago. Really makes you think about the ones you love. I love you guys. Let's get the dub for Peter. Yeah. Yep. Tomorrow's gonna be. Yeah. Take the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Two dollars for <laughs> Peter. Tomorrow's game. gonna be an emotional night. <laughs> yep. Emotional game tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, even against a divisional rival. Yep. Uh, $10 from our Moisters. Peter was welcomed into our home for 27 years, 82 times a season. His analysis made me the fan I am today. I'm so thankful to be able to listen to his knowledge and learn about his amazing character. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, nothing but love all the way around for sure. Yeah. So. Yep. Definitely. Will be sorely missed, I, not just in AV circles, but in hockey. Yeah, I think listening to the other broadcasts around the league and them going out of their way to bring him up and talk about him, and and you could just hear the impact that he had on so many people. 
He was so well loved. I mean, dude, Condoleezza Rice sent out a tweet yesterday about it. Like that was a little out of left field, wasn't it? Right. And, and, yeah. and I just I thought that was a great say it again. She was a Denver pioneer, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yep. DU alum, and and uh, it, it was like I'm totally with you, AJ. I saw that and I was like, what? But it was just, it was really just kind of a great example of yeah. how far reaching his impact uh, truly was. And, and um, again, like we heard him every single night. So I think we kind of took it for granted that what a special um, person and presence he was. And, and, and um, I think the outpouring you've seen over the last, I, I apologize guys. I, I, I've been in so many different time zones in the last couple of days. I don't know what <laughs> day it was 48 hours, 72 hours, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I, I think that outpouring you've seen um, kind of tells you everything about who Peter McNabb was. Uh, any final thoughts from anybody? It's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that stuff that we can just bank. We deal with that on Thursday before the game or Friday or whatever. Yeah, it it doesn't matter. This is Peter's show. Yep. Simple as that. So, okay. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Hope all of y'all uh, appreciated Peter McNabb as much as we did. Uh, hug your loved ones. Cry it out if that's what you got to do. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We appreciate all y'all commiserating with us on the show today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the hockey game. Pre-game, watch along, post-game, all of everything. So we hope to see you there. But uh, until then, talk to you on the next one. Uh-oh.